until he found my profile, he was, you know, essentially on the verge of committing suicide because he was so unhappy with himself and, you know, didn't want to accept himself for his sexuality and didn't know how it would be taken by his family or his friends. And he just felt like he didn't have anywhere to go until he saw me and what I was doing. And, uh, you know, I tell people, you know, I, I deal with a lot of bullshit on Instagram and social media on a daily basis. Um, and a lot of people hate on me all the time, but all of those messages don't mean shit to me compared to the one message that I get of a kid who's struggling with themselves and can finally accept themselves for who they are. Welcome to the Bar Band Podcast, where we talk to the smartest athletes, coaches, and minds from around the world of strength. I'm your host, David Thomas Tao, and this podcast is presented by barband.com. Today, I'm talking to elite strongman and multi-time World Strongest Man competitor, Rob Kearney. Rob is an interesting case in the sport of strongman. He actually found strength training through CrossFit, and his journey in strength is a testament to the power of steady work and consistency. And to be fair, Rob has also added nearly 100 pounds of mass to his frame since taking up Strongman, which still makes him one of the lightest competitors in the world's strongest man field. Pretty crazy. Rob also discusses his journey as an openly gay strength athlete and challenging what some think are conventional notions of what it means to be strong and masculine. We also talk about how Rob is using his own experiences to inspire and empower others in the LGBTQ community and beyond. Oh, and Rob gives his thoughts on the friendliest competitors in his field, so we get the inside scoop on some real gentle giants. Also, we're incredibly thankful that you listen to this podcast, so if you haven't already, be sure to leave a rating and review of the Barben podcast in your app of choice. Every month, we give away a box full of Barben swag to one of our listeners who leaves a rating and review. Rob Kearney, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. I know we've talked a little bit in the past for some barbend videos, but this is the first time getting you on our podcast. Uh, how's it going? How's training been? Things are good. Um, you know, kind of, kind of in the off season right now, quote unquote. Um, if if we do have one as a strength as a strongman athletes, um, but I feel good. You know, I think this is arguably the uh, the strongest I've ever felt in an off season. So I'm uh, I'm pretty excited to kind of get going and wrap up training. Um, heading into the Arnold coming up in a few months. Now you're you're known for your overhead strength. There's no question there. But I saw recently you post on Instagram. I believe it was a deadlift triple PR at over 800 pounds. Is is that a lift you've been? Is you're pulling something you've been working on a lot this off season? Um, you know, not even just my off season, but ever since I started working with Poundstone as my coach, um. You know, my, my lockout's always been weak and my deadlift's been decently good. It's never been a strength of mine, um, but we've just kind of hammered that. And, um, you know, that's really been a big focus over the past year and a half with Derek is, um, you know, being able to hit some some reps at some pretty high weight because my, my one rep max strength is good. Um, but, you know, with this level and strongman now, you know, we have to be able to pull reps in the mid eights and, you know, what's funny is about that pull, you know, so I pulled 815 for a triple just a couple nights ago, and we're not even doing a strength, you know, portion of the of the program right now. We're really just focusing on hypertrophy, uh, work capacity, and volume. Uh, so to kind of come out of that training session with a PR was unexpected, to say the least, but super exciting, seeing as that's not even what we're really training for. 
Well, I mean, it's it's all unexpected PRs are just as good as planned PRs. Yeah, PR is a PR. A lot of people, I've heard people get mad when they PR, you know, out of a certain training cycle or in an unplanned way, and they get really frustrated. I'm just like, what are you talking about? Like, that's just a PR is a PR. Yeah, no, to me, it's just like, I, I mean, if anything, I was more excited about that because I know where my training has gone and kind of what we're aiming for right now in this block. Um, and to come out with a PR when I'm really not, you know, training for strength, quote unquote, you know, to me, that was actually really exciting because like, oh shit, well, you know, it can only go up from here when I'm really trying to train that lift and, and going for a big number like we have to in Ohio. Um, so for me, it just, it excited me more than anything. And I don't understand why somebody would get mad about a PR. That just seems dumb. Well, strength athletes of all types will find a way to get frustrated for no reason at certain points. And it's just, it's just the name of the game. And just to give folks a little bit of context, you know, you say training, uh, for Ohio, you're talking about the Arnold strongman classic in March, 2020, which I believe is the next big competition you have coming up, right? Yeah. So I'll be doing, um, I'll be doing the Arnold Santa Monica as well in January. Um, you know, but I, I guess, you know, to put it loosely, like I'm not essentially training for that competition. Um, the big focus is on the 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 one in Columbus, the Strongman Classic, um, but still going out to Santa Monica to have some fun. The events are decently close to what we're going to be doing in uh, Ohio. So it'll be a nice little uh, tune-up show and to uh, kind of get the body rolling and get ready for the big peak going into Columbus. What is your body weight uh, at these days, if you don't mind me asking? I'm not sure if that's if that's rude to ask. You know, in, in general society, you ask someone their weight and they're just you're like, what? But in strength <laughs> athletics, it's like almost a requirement. Like, oh, what are you weighing these days? Yeah, yeah for me, so I'm, I'm hovering right, uh, right around like 283 to 285, which has kind of uh, been my sweet spot for the past year. Um, big focus right now is just trying to get a little bit leaner, actually going into the Arnold. Um, you know, I have a lot of competitions planned for the 2020 season. Um, so just kind of working on the diet, trying to get a little bit leaner, keeping my body weight up around this, um, maybe try to push 290. Um, but you know, just kind of the mentality is leaner. I am going into the season, the less inflammation I'll have and the quicker I'll be able to recover between shows to be able to compete at a high level for a longer period of time. And we've seen that with a lot of strongman athletes. I mean, Zadrunas Savickas, you know, the legend in the sport is well known for dropping a lot of body weight at different times during the competition season and, and out of season just to give a to give his body a little bit of rest to not carry around so much inflammation and so much weight. Um, so the idea of kind of leading out pre-competition, it's almost a little counterintuitive because in the sport of strongman, we think, oh, you want to have a lot of body mass. You want to be at your biggest and your strongest heading into the competition season but it seems like that as conventional wisdom might be falling a little bit by the wayside and you do see some folks leaning out pre-comp yeah and i think um you know i think especially with the trend of strongman right now one it's it's heavy as hell um so obviously we have to be really strong but if you're looking we're seeing a trend in um kind of all the competitions that one they're expecting really big massive lifts for us and one at max you know for these events but we also have to be really athletic and be able to move really efficiently. And I think um, that's kind of where, you know, I'm hoping to, you know, I can hold my own on the, on the max events, but um, you know, I, I like to pride myself that I can move well too. Um, so, you know, being a little bit leaner going into shows that helps on that front as well. Yeah. Looking for an advantage wherever you can find it. Speaking of, of that, your road to strongman competition is a little unconventional. I know a lot of folks um, find strongman as a sport in different ways. A lot move from powerlifting or other strength sports. Tell us a little bit about your athletic background, because if I, if I remember this correctly, last time we were chatting, you were actually a CrossFitter before you were a top level strongman. Is that correct? 
Yeah. So, um, I mean, I guess CrossFitter is a loosely defined in my athletic history. Um, <laughs> so I, I got in, I was training at a CrossFit gym when I was in high school back in 2009. So it was right at the beginning of CrossFit. And, um, I found out pretty quickly that I sucked at CrossFit, <laughs> but I was actually good at moving some weight. And, uh, that's, that's where I kind of like fell in love with the sport of strongman. Um, I had walked into the gym one morning on a Tuesday at five o'clock before I was going to school. And the owner of the gym was like, Hey, there was a strongman competition this coming weekend. We signed you up for it. Uh, I had never trained any of the implements. And, and you didn't consent to this beforehand, by the way, they just signed you up. Oh yeah, totally. Uh, yeah. They just, they just threw my name in the hat. So I went and, um, I was 17 years old. The next youngest competitor, I think was like 28 and I totally got my ass kicked and took last place, but fell in love with the sport. And, you know, I think a lot of people, they look at me competing at world's strongest man and doing all these really cool things. And they just automatically assume that I was good at the sport to begin with. And that is like the farthest thing from the truth. Um, you know, when I got into strongman, I competed a lot when I first started and I took last place in the first eight competitions that I did. And it took me up until I think my 14th competition to actually take a podium spot. Um, so I really like wasn't good at this sport overnight and it took me a long time. You know, it took me until 2013. So four, it took me four years to become a lightweight pro. And then, um, I didn't, you know, get to world's strongest man until 2017. So it took me eight years from, you know, from starting the sport to getting to world's strongest man. Whereas, you know, you see some athletes get there in two. Uh, it took me a little bit longer. I mean, it seems like a long time in the grand scheme of things, but but really, in order to get to that top level, a lot of athletes who are getting to the world's strongest man stage, which is you know rarefied air to put it lightly, they've been strength training for well over a decade, sometimes two decades before they even get to that level. So eight years might seem like a long time, but compared to some other athletes and their chronology and strength training, it might not be that long if you really think about it. And also you have to consider like what body weight were you starting out at when you first started competing in strongman? Well, that's the thing as well is, you know, like a lot, you know, I do online coaching and stuff like that. And that's the thing I talk to a lot of my clients about because they think just because they're smaller, they can't get to this level eventually. You know, when I started competing, I competed under 200 pounds. Um, you know, and it's still the same height. I was 5'10 when I started and 5'10 now. And um, yeah, you know, so I competed in the 200 pound weight class from 2009 to 2012. Then I jumped up to the 231s until 2016. And then 2016 on, you know, is when I've been competing heavyweight. So I've kind of run the gamut through the amateur amateur circuit and strongman, um, you know, now compete just as a heavyweight. Now, this might be a little bit of a dumb question simply because in the sport of strongman, it's not evolved to the point, I would say, where the lighter weight classes are getting as much attention as the open weight classes. I mean, let's call a spade a spade. But was there ever a situation or ever a point where you were considering not moving up or was the goal once you kind of caught the strongman bug to always move up to get to that open category? No, to be honest, I never thought I would go to the open category. Um, you know, for me, I had that mentality. Well, I'm not over six foot. I don't really have the frame to be 300 pounds. I'm never going to be able to do that. And um, for me, it got to the point where the cut to 231 was just getting too much. Mm. Um, you know, I think back to, you know, world's strongest man, 105 kilo or 231 world's strongest man in 2016. It was in Dublin, uh, Dublin, North, or no, not, it was in Belfast. 
Northern Ireland. And um, it was like my first time traveling international internationally while cutting weight. And it was the worst experience of my life. Uh, oh, that <laughs> sounds know, so I'm bad. Pretty, <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure I was like on the verge of like heat exhaustion. And uh, I was like sweating profusely and shivering and then like unbelievable like nausea. And it was just absolutely horrible. And I just looked at, you know, my husband, Joey, I was like, this is it. I'm not doing this anymore. Um, you know, I was water loading and dehydrating and cutting weight from like 255 down to 231. And uh, once I reached, that was kind of like my lowest point where I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to go heavyweight and see what happens from now on. Now, uh, that that is kind of the story up to up to Rob entering the open category 2017 was the first year you were competing i guess the whole year in the open category and you did qualify for world's strongest man that year tell us a little bit about that process yeah you know so that year was weird for me um and simply because i didn't think i'd be competing at world's strongest man um i had met you know colin bryce and darren sadler in the summer of 2016 um in indiana they were hosting a giants live that was their first year for giants live north america and I had competed the day before in the log press and deadlift championships and actually took second place. Um, I won the one the 231 division and took second place in the heavyweight division and um, as a 231, which was pretty cool. And in doing so, they kind of caught the eye of Colin and Darren and they started to notice me a little bit. And then January of 2017, I actually I won New York Strongest Man, which was a USS show, United States Strongman. And um, the winner of that qualified for the Arnold South Africa. And so that was when I kind of got my first, I got thrown into the, uh, the heavyweight pro world, even though I technically don't have my heavyweight pro card and in doing that, plus winning the log press championships in 2016, that Savickas was hosting, um, Colin and Darren gave me a wild card invite to world's strongest man in 2017, um, which was completely unexpected. What is it like stepping onto the world's strongest man stage? Well, it's not so much a stage as it is a venue, a lot of different stages, a lot of different set pieces, you know, for the first time. And, you know, you're still one of the lighter competitors in the field. I'm not sure if you were the lightest last year. You'll have to correct me on that. But especially that year where, you know, you were much lighter than you are now going up against competitors well over 400 pounds. What goes through your head? How do you maintain that competition focus, knowing that it, it, when it just comes down to pure mass, especially an experience as well, that rookie year at the World's Strongest Man, I mean, you're the underdog. What's going through your head? How do you stay focused there? Yeah, you know, for me, it was it was more like this, holy shit, I'm at World's Strongest Man moment. <laughs> um, and I just wanted to really just learn as much as I could and have a really good time. Um, there was a, an extra level of stress added to that year because the competition was in Botswana. Um, and at that point, homosexuality was illegal. So, you know, while all the other athletes got their invites via email from, you know, the promoters, my invite came from a phone call from the lawyers of CBS and IMG uh, <laughs> telling me kind of what the political background is in the country um, and how I have to be careful. So there was a lot going on emotionally, um, you know, super, super exciting, obviously, because I get to compete at the Super Bowl of Strongman, essentially. Um, but during the contest, I just wanted to enjoy it. I really didn't have any expectations. I just wanted to perform well, um, have a good time and put up some good numbers while I was there, all while learning how the competition ran, because I had heard from so many competitors that it isn't like any other competition. And uh, that was my biggest goal my first year at Worlds. 
Who surprised you as far as competitors? Well, you'd probably met a lot of the people in the strongman community leading up to that point. It's not like you were brand new to the scene. But did you meet anyone that year, any of your fellow World Strongest Man's man competitors who surprised you with kind of how they came across their personality, anything like that? Um, I think, you know, nobody negative, uh, which was the best part. Um, but like the most vivid memory I have was, uh, the first time I met Terry Hollins. Um, I hadn't met him up until this point. And the coolest thing is, you know, obviously I had seen him on TV for years and he's an icon and strongman. Um, and he was generally genuinely interested in my life and being an openly gay strongman and how it's come across throughout the community, how much support I've gotten and how it's changed my life. Um, you know, him and I had a really great talk that year, um, at worlds, which was really cool to me. You know, here I am, a you know, 25 year old strongman athlete who never thought I'd be at world strongest man talking to Terry Hollins, who's multiple time, you know, finalist in podium on, at worlds. So that was one of the coolest moments and the thing that struck me the most. And, you know, fortunately him and I still have a great relationship to this day. Yeah. Terry is someone who's, he's been around the scene for, I mean, I remember watching him when I was in middle school and, you know, watching world strongest man on ESPN and he's still going at it, still incredibly strong, still moving really well. So cool to see an, a, a true icon of the sport. Um, I guess taking younger competitors under his wing and, and showing a real interest. That's, that's really uh, heartwarming in many ways to hear about. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. It was fantastic to say the least. Now, you talk about some of the complications that came from competing in a country where at the time homosexuality was illegal. You are an openly gay strongman. Your Instagram handle, which is hands down my favorite in the world, World's Strongest Gay. It's just the it's the best handle. I first want to ask how did that Instagram handle come about? And then the much more important question I'm going to ask after this one at a time is how has being an openly gay strength athlete impacted your career? You know, so for me, the, um, the handle came because I had realized that when I'd come out as gay, um, you know, social media, yeah, obviously my social media platform exploded overnight and, I quickly realized that what I was doing and being openly gay and being visible, um, you know, as a visible member of the LGBTQ community in professional sports was bigger than me just competing in strongman. Um, and that's just something I realized early on. So I made the switch to being the world's strongest gay simply because I'm looking at the bigger picture. You know, it's, it's not for selfish motivation. It's not, um, you know, just to try to self promote myself. It really is just to show visibility of a gay athlete in professional sports doing well. Um, you know, I think there's, there's a lot of stigma around gay men. And, you know, one of the things that my husband and I try to do on Instagram, you know, social media is using the hashtag breaking the stereotype and trying to change that dialogue of what people think gay is. Um, when I came out, you know, I had uh, so many people messaging me, you know, saying, you know, oh, you can't be gay. You do strongman or vice versa. You do strongman. So you can't be gay. Um, you know, that really bothered me because people have this idea or this box that they think gay people need to fit in. Mm -hmm. And that's, that couldn't be further from the truth. I was just going to say it, 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 the handle furthers the conversation. It just accelerates the conversation to a point, right? Because there's no, well, is Rob gay? is Rob strong? 
you are unequivocally both of those things. It is very immediate when you follow Rob Rob Kearney on Instagram that he is gay and he is very strong, right? And so it it just for there's there's none of this kind of tiptoeing around questions about your identity, how you see yourself. You are gay. You are a strong man a very successful strongman at that. And just having that handle, it seems like it just accelerates the conversation and almost breaks the stereotypes even before people interact with you in many ways. Yeah. You know, I think the term I like to use is I'm unapologetically openly gay. Um, you know, especially in, in the hyper masculine sport of strongman. And, you know, what's been so cool about it is to kind of go to the second part of your question is, my handle and me being so open about my sexuality has changed my life in so many ways that the fact that, you know, I get messages on a daily basis, both positive and negative, a lot of negative, um, you know, but I, I got one not too long ago of a, of a 16 year old kid out in Wisconsin who said, you know, until he found my profile, he was, you know, essentially on the verge of committing suicide because he was so unhappy with himself and, you know, didn't want to accept himself for his sexuality and didn't know how it would be taken by his family or his friends. And he just felt like he didn't have anywhere to go until he fa- saw me and what I was doing. And, uh, you know, I tell people, you know, I, I deal with a lot of bullshit on Instagram and social media on a daily basis. Um, and a lot of people hate on me all the time, but all of those messages don't mean shit to me compared to the one message that I get of a kid who's struggling with themselves and can finally accept themselves for who they are or a message from a parent uh, saying, seeing my profile, help them come to terms with their child being gay or lesbian or trans. Um, Those are the messages that like have changed my life um, in more than just strongman, but um, kind of in everything that I'm doing. Strongman is at a point where it's gaining rapidly in popularity. I would say we're entering a new age of visibility for the sport of strongman. I think having an openly gay athlete kind of in that wave among the more visible competitors is impactful there because as the sport rises and becomes more popular, representation in the sport is also going to become more and more important as new people get exposed to it. All that being said, have you come across any negative reactions to your sexuality and being open about it and living openly as a gay man from fellow strongman competitors? Fortunately, no. Um, you know, I think the the best thing about strongman is how much of a brotherhood this sport really is. Um, you know, it's one of the few sports where you're you're competing against somebody and cheering for them at the exact same time, and you know, especially in this sport, you know, at this level, especially we're all a little bit messed up in the head, right? You know, we all have to have something wrong with us to be able to look at a truck and get excited to pull it. Um, so I think, you know, we have this mutual understanding of what it takes to get to this level and the sacrifices that we all, we've all made. And, you know, fortunately for me, you know, everybody's been so welcoming with me being openly gay. Um, they've been so welcoming of Joey every time, you know, Joey accompanies me to almost every single competition I do. And when he doesn't come, people are usually upset because he's the life of the party and people like him more than they like me most of the time. Um, but you know, I mean, it's, I think it's really, the sport is amazing. And, and the, the group of guys that I compete with and travel with all over the world 
are so supportive and they're usually the first ones to get my back when somebody's ripping me down. You know, I mean, it happens, like I said, all the time on social media and I never have to fend for myself because they're always the ones doing it for me. Now here's a question and I'm going to, I'm going to put this Instagram handle to the test. You, you call yourself the world's strongest gay. Is there anyone coming for that title? Are there any openly gay strength athletes who you think could give you a real run for your money when it comes to a, a, a contest, a balanced contest of strength? Yeah. You know, there's, um, there's a guy in the UK right now, Chris McNaughton, who, um, who he competes with ultimate strongman right now. And, uh, you know, he's an openly gay competitor as well. Big guy, super strong. And, um, you know, I think he's somebody that might be able to give me a run for my money, but you know, I'm going to hold on to that title with everything I can to make sure nobody does <laughs> take it from me. That's for damn sure. That, that's yeah. That's that's a real. That's a that's one you really got to fight for, right there. Uh, oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'll sabotage them with some glitter or some shit during a contest. <laughs> just like right, just like they they drop the barbell and just glitter springs up and they're blinded. Huh, yeah, exactly. gotcha. That's that's the there's going to be a whole new level of of dirty tricks and sabotage here. We're we're entering a new dirty era of the sport. Um, Rob, I also want to ask about something that really sticks out to me and stuck out to me when I first came across uh, your your performances and when you were I guess it was in 2017 your first year competing at World's Strongest Man. What struck out to me what stuck out to me much more than your Instagram handle was the mohawk it's become a signature sometimes it's dyed sometimes it's not how did you settle on the hairstyle so the hair is uh it's been something that i've I've kept for a long time um but really it stuck with me um since 2013 and that's because that year my coach was actually mike jenkins um who you know most people if you're in the sport of strongman know who he is um, was one of the most promising strongman athletes of all time until he unfortunately passed away Thanksgiving Day of that year. Um, you know, Mike is the guy who was my coach when I turned pro. Uh, 2013 was the year I, I won the national championship in strongman by the largest margin of victory ever. And uh, it was under his coaching and tutelage. And, you know, this is kind of become, um, you know, momentum to him and, uh, you know, just trying to honor him as much as possible. And, following his footsteps to try to compete at this level. And, uh, you know, just like I said, just honor him as much as possible. What are your short-term and long-term goals in the sport? You're someone who went from discovering strongman through CrossFit to losing seven or eight, coming in the last place in your first seven or eight competitions to winning nationals by a record margin. And then now competing on the biggest stages in the sport. What are your goals for this year? And ultimately what are your goals for your strongman career? You know, for me, um, I think the reason I got to this level in the sport is because I set attainable goals that I knew I could achieve in the short term. Um, and that just kind of slowly progressed into what I'm doing today. You know, so this is something Derek and I talk a lot about um, in training and preparation for the year. You know, right now, as I mentioned, I plan on competing a lot in 2020. Um, if, you know, some things don't, you know, as of right now, I have almost 13 competitions on my calendar. Wow. January and October. That, I've never um, heard of that kind of competition schedule for strongman. That's insane. Yeah. You, you know, my plan is to, uh, you know, you get this opportunity to compete at Columbus. And for those of you that don't know how it works to get to the Arnold strongman classic is you have to either, you have to win one of the Arnold international shows, or you have to be the highest placing in points, which accumulate throughout all these shows. 
So right now, my plan is to go to all of the international shows pending. I win one of them, then I'll I'll drop out of the uh, um, the ones after that. Um, but looking forward to next year, you know the big the big shows we look at are the Arnold and World Strongest Man. Um, my goal last year was to make the top ten at World Strongest Man, and for those of you that watched, I just narrowly missed out on making my first final. Um, going head to head against one of my best friends, Luke Stoltman, in the Stoneover Bar event, and looking at the Arnold and then qualifying for the Arnold, you know, so two of the biggest competitions of strongman I get to do this year. And so looking at the Arnold, um, the goal is top five in Columbus. Um, and then making that final at world's strongest man is those are the two goals for 2020. Um, long-term, uh, you know, my plan is just to do this as long as possible. You know, I would love to make the podium at world's strongest man one year, which I think can definitely happen. Um, being on the podium at the Arnold obviously can happen as well. And to be totally honest, I don't think winning one of those shows is out of the question. I think, um, once I get a little bit more experience, if I can get a little bit more body weight behind me, um, I think winning the Arnold or worlds is definitely within my grasp. And that's something that I'm not going to let go of, um, until I absolutely need to, you know, I think, uh, the plan for me, I'm only 28 years old. So to keep doing this until my mid thirties is definitely within reach and then kind of reevaluate and see what I've done, where I'm going. And, uh, if I can keep it going from there, I mean, that's something we've definitely seen a lot of athletes still competing today, uh, set the blueprint. I mean, Brian Shaw well into his thirties, getting up there in the late thirties, still competing at a very high level. Zadrunas Savickas, who I mentioned earlier, competing at the highest level into his forties. So certainly something that with the mindset that you have and, and, and the proper care and preparation is definitely possible. In your opinion, heading into this 2020 strongman season for the Arnold and World Strongest Man a few months later, who do you think is looking really, really strong? And if you were a betting man, you know, who would you think is going to definitely come out with some big performances? You know, I think it's super interesting. You know, had you had asked me this question six months ago, um, I would have been able to answer super confidently in Thor Martins Lisi's and Matias Kieliskowski. Um Thor, I think, you know, he's always somebody we have to look at. Um, you know, he was, he just took about six months off, uh, of really doing nothing. And I think that's going to be great for him. Uh, Martins is battling an injury right now. Kieliskowski just had his bicep, you know, reattached, um, had surgery on that. So I, you know, I think for me, it's, you know, Thor, I think Novikov is somebody that's going to be turning a lot of heads again this year. Um, and to be totally honest, I think Brian's going to be was is going to come back hard in 2020. I think uh, 2019 was a rough year for him. I think he's you know frankly kind of pissed off at how we performed, and I think he's making some changes to get back to that top level that he that we know he can compete at. Um, but to be totally honest, I, I you know I'd be crazy to not throw my hat in the ring at, in that you know for those names as well. Um, I think I have a really great foundation. I've had a couple of months there and Derek's had a few months to really reevaluate where we've been, where we're going and what I need to do to, um, you know, to really be pushing these guys that are, that you're usually seeing on the podium at these shows. So I don't think it's far fetched to throw my name in the hat to, uh, to be pushing the podium at these big competitions. Yeah, definitely not. Especially given the rapid progress you've made over, you know, the past three or four years you've had in the open category. Changing the direction a little bit, and we can we can think beyond strongman here. It we can also think within the strongman community, but just in the broader realm of strength athletes, who is the athlete you most admire active today? Oh man, um, 
you know, to be totally honest, I think, um, you know, I honestly think CrossFit athletes are the most impressive athletes there are. Um, you know, so, you know, Matt Frazier is the first one that comes to mind, obviously, you know, winning the games four times, you know, he's just, you know, you look at like, you know, there's always a saying like the jack of all trades, um, and the master of none, but he's the jack of all trades and the master of all trades. Um, <laughs> how do you think he would do, how do you think he would do in a strongman competition? I think if you gave him four weeks, he would, he would, he could win, um, you know, 200 pound class, you know, at an amateur show. You know, I think you give you give him a, a you, literally, like I said, he, he has such a great strength base um, that if you give him some event specific coaching in a couple of weeks, he could you know run away with a big show. Um, and so I think like he's somebody that is just like out of this world impressive when it comes to overall athleticism. I mean, the guy is strong as hell. You know, he what clean and jerk three eighty five at the games this year on a ladder. Um, you know, the the clean and jerk ladder. I mean, he's just yeah, super impressive across the board. So I think uh, he would be the one that's most impressive for me. Now, you've gotten to travel the world, compete against some of the best strength athletes in the world, train with some of the best strength athletes in the world. Who is a dream training partner you haven't had the chance to work with and lift with yet? Um, You know, to be honest, I think, uh, you know, the person I would love to actually get a training session in with is uh, – is Thor, you know, him and I are actually decently good friends, but our, our schedules never line up. You also live um, in different countries for most of the year. That doesn't, that doesn't help things. Yeah. Iceland isn't exactly close. So, you know, I think he, he would be somebody that would be really fun to, to learn from and work with. You know, I think the cool thing about this sport is each event is so different for each person. And I have had to study each event and study the sports in such detail because I don't have the size that some of these other guys do, but watching these big guys, you know, train and compete, I still learn stuff on a daily basis. Um, and him being arguably, you know, one of the best in the world, um, you know, there's always stuff to learn no matter what level you are. I think, you know, that was a cool thing about Martins coming to train with me a few months ago is that, you know, he came to learn from me and this is like the world's strongest man. So, I think he's somebody that I would love to get a, you know, a few training sessions in just to, to see how he works and goes about everything. Now, Rob, we're, we're coming to the end of this recording, and I know we talked a bit earlier in the recording about uh, your social media presence and, and how it's impacted not only you, but fans of strongmen around the world and, and aspiring strength athletes, which is really cool to get into. But where is the best place for people to keep up to date with what you're doing, uh, competitions, and your training? So Instagram is right now the best place to go. Um, but I, I do have a website launching, um, in a few weeks. So that's, that's where we're going to kind of keep all the information for, um, you know, booking me, whether that be motivational, inspirational speaking. Um, and then I also have my competition schedule up there, links to all my social media, uh, merchandise, everything will be up on the website when it launches in a couple of weeks. Great. And this podcast might not come out for a few weeks until after uh, this recording. So we'll, we'll definitely get that URL in the show notes if we can. Well, Rob Kearney, thanks so much for joining us. Always a pleasure to chat with you. And we really appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Thanks, David. I really appreciate it, man.